Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You're in. Where's Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy, Bruce Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, it is a three-man booth. I don't know how long it's been. Uh, now that we're recording more than once a week, this is all just like a whirlwind. I have no idea how many times we've had in between no guest and today, but I'm assuming you guys are fired up and ready. What do you think? Ready to go. Yes, hell yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> I uh, the Let me thank you in advance, Maxime, for making sure you had terrible internet connection when we had a three-man booth. You're it looks like you smeared Vaseline all over your camera and is either moving hella slow or you're going on like 1G. So, I mean, good luck with that as this goes forward here. Shit. <laughs> That's terrible news. I'm sorry, fellas. That's <laughs> all good. Uh, I'm sure that we'll survive. And let's go ahead and jump in, boys, and talk a little Warriors here. Let's go to our glass half full. Look back. Not a lot of games since the last time we recorded. Just one that wasn't the most fun I've ever had. And give me something you like or don't. I'll go first and I'll give you something I don't like. I don't like watching my team get its ass kicked by a rookie I've never heard of in my entire life. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic here. I remember Nembhard. I remember his name being linked to the Warriors a little bit in some of the mock drafts. In fact, I know the Warriors could have drafted him and said Patrick Baldwin. But I sure as shit wasn't ready for a 31-point explosion, and I definitely wasn't ready for him outplaying my favorite player in Steph Curry. So what do I not like? I don't like Nimhard torchiness, dude. I didn't take that super well. Yeah, I think Nemhard also wasn't was a little shocked by that performance himself. I mean, he's he's a solid player. You know, he he did well at Gonzaga and um you know, he was on our draft board, but didn't get picked for a reason, I'm sure. And, um, you know, he just he played lights out. He played – he punched above his weight for sure in that game. You know, the other thing that I learned, knew, but doubled down on, 
is how much I would probably dislike the Warriors if I wasn't from California, if I hadn't grown here in in my backyard. Because watching Indiana's bench celebrate as Nemhard was doing well drove me crazy. It made me feel like my face was going to explode. And if I was rooting against the Warriors and watched the whole Joy and Buckets thing go down, I don't think I'd be able to handle it super well. So I'll, I'll add that to the list. Watching a shitburger player I'd never heard of destroy my team while other shitburger players celebrate in a way that frustrated the hell out of me. I uh, I didn't like that. Well, and at the same time, I had a, a buddy of mine went to his first game ever. Um, he's not from the Bay, right? So this was his first Warriors game ever. Uh, and uh, he was he was telling me before the game, he's like, man, like all I just want is for a Steph Curry explosion. That would be just so sick. And that's all I wanted for him, right? It's like, oh, it's just, it, there's nothing like that experience. And instead he just got an absolute flopper too. So it was pretty brutal <laughs> to not only watch Nemhard go off, but watch it come essentially at the expense of Steph. I need your guys' help. I always screw up this word. Every time I use the phrase ironic, it's always wrong, much like everybody else. But it feels ironic that our master of video has terrible video. Am I using that word right? Like it feels like I'm landing it there. You're landing it pretty well there. <laughs> the fucking worst. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I'm gonna stay positive. Uh, something I liked was that normally in a game when shoots when Steph shoots that poorly, we lose by 20 plus, and we didn't. Uh, you know, granted, Indiana is not uh, one of the best teams in the league any stretch of the imagination but um you know i still it still was a good sign to me that steph didn't shoot the ball well at all and we still were were in the game you know we're six seven eight nine points behind um at all times so um i like that it, it gave me some comfort in knowing that and knowing that steph shot the ball ball poorly Wigs, Wigs didn't even play, and we were still, um, you know, connected together enough to to make it competitive. I love that you were able to find something that you liked out of that game. I mean, we're playing a G League team who was sitting there two stars, you know, and yes, we kept it competitive, but we probably should have beat that ass. Uh, next, Maxine, what do you got? Yeah, I'm coming to you live from the bottom of uh, MT's well. Uh, I'm sorry about <laughs> that. But um, no, I, I mean, actually, like MT did bring up a, a good point there, right? Which is, listen, sometimes players are going to have bad games. It sucks that it was a lot of our starters at once. But I think generally that's a good sign that we got some productive bench minutes. You know, hopefully we can get to a place where we have both productive starter minutes and productive bench minutes in the single game. But again, it's a good sign that, you know, because the starters can have up and down games. But so long as the bench is somewhat consistent, I think ultimately when it matters, it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it's worth saying, look, they were playing their third uh, game in four days. And as shown by their decision to basically sit everybody tonight in Utah, they're tired, you know, and that that happens. It is what it is. It's certainly not something that uh, teaches us anything about the long term prospects of the team, but it was definitely frustrating. Uh, Let me let me get this Indiana game out of my mind and tell you something I do like and something I'm looking forward to. And it's this Saturday night. So I have an opportunity I'm all I'm both nervous for and excited for. Yeah. So I'm going to the game on Saturday. They're playing Boston. That in itself, I'm crazy fired up. But I'm also, boys, trying something called the MVP experience for the first time. So I guess the Warriors have teamed up um, with another outfit and they're offering this thing called the MVP or MVP experience, which I'm going to be doing. And here's what it is. So you meet early. They walk you in like concierge style. You know, you kind of get treated like an MVP. 
They take you to a trophy room where you get to take pictures with the uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy, which I'll definitely be doing. And then like you get to sport a title ring, which absolutely speaks to me. They walk you into the store, give you a $100 gift card. You get to spend all of that. So all of this I'm excited for, right? I mean, adding this onto the Warrior Boston game is like looking forward to a movie for months. And then when I show up, I get to find out that I go on a studio tour with its stars and get to play with the props. So I'm on board for it anyways. But here's the thing that's making me nervous and excited. So that shit I just described to you, yep, it's all going down. But there's a fourth one I think that they call the Splash Challenge. So after the game, and Maxime, if we've got uh, the link I sent you, go ahead and pull it up now. After the game, they let you do this thing where you go out, you get a ball, you get 45 seconds, you are standing on the court, and you uh, get a certain amount of points from each spot you hit it from. If you hit a shot from in the paint, I think you get two points. From the free throw line, you get five. From the three-point line, you get 10. And from half court, if you want to take it from there, you get 50. And whoever has the most points at the end of the year in this thing wins all these random ass prizes. So I get to go on the court and actually play, which leads to this question to you boys. All right. I get 45 seconds to get out there and put up shots with that, that parameter I just told you. How many points do you think I'm ultimately going to end up with? Well, uh, Bram, we already know where this is going. I think Marcus is thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. We were both in the building the last time you were at Chase Center on the court, uh, with the opportunity to have a ball in your hand. And, uh, well, if that's any indication, we're talking about zero points. <laughs> that's a guess? I'm serious. Give me, give me a real guess here because there's going to be bets that follow. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. First, just all the listeners out there, we got a text from Bram before this happened. And Bram was like, I feel really bad. I got this MVP experience invite and I feel a little selfish because I can't invite you guys. How do you feel about it? But that's all he said. He didn't say all this was involved with going on the court, doing splash brother challenges. I want you to know about this. Dream. I wouldn't I, like, I, I, oh man. Now like it, it, it like is to re, retract my my text that said it was okay and it wasn't selfish at all. This is a very selfish move. I'm gonna that be being staying, said, I'm staying at Steph's house for a week. I'm not sure if I told you that. He's pretty close. It's gonna be pretty solid. I get yeah, to use Maxine's exactly. camera for a while on his, uh, on his laptop. But well, not it's just the whole nine yards. I get to do it all. Part of the MVP experience. Read, read between the lines, MT. Um, yeah, so I think I think you you do a layup just to get see the ball go through the net. So you get two points there, and I think you go hit the free throw line. I think you miss your first two, and then you hit your third, and you feel confident. You're like, let me get another one, see it go through. So you do two of those, so that's twelve, and then you go step back to three point land, and the first one's an air ball, and then you panic. And you're like, okay, and you do a couple more, you miss those, and then you say, I need to go all in, and you go do a half-court shot, and you don't make it, and you end up with 12 points. What I know is that it took you longer than 45 seconds just to give me that goddamn guess. Just give me the number. <laughs> I don't need your play-by-play. What are you, alchemy playing video games? I don't need you to break this down exactly how you think it's going down. I just need a number. So, Maxine, your number for me is zero, just to make sure I'm getting No, right. no, come on now. I'll give you at least two points. <laughs> All right. I bet you, Maxime, 20 bucks. I uh, I get more than two points out there. No, 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 no. Again, kidding. What, MT, what did you say? I got so lost in the mesmerizing breakdown of all those different players. I didn't actually remember the number you said. 
I said 12. I'm getting lost in the comments. Shout out to Thomas McIntosh. You're right. Send me in. I'll get way more points. Than uh, oh I'm in the comments Thomas, here, too. Have some respect for yourself. You've never seen Marcus do anything. I mean, we know that for sure. This isn't like some hoop podcast where we've seen him hit shots. So, I mean, we'll, hopefully down the line, we'll see whether or not MT does well. But uh, for now, as much as I love you, Thomas, you can fuck yourself. And my boy, <laughs> Noah, let's go. Noah's got 10 beans on me. I now like Noah way more than I like Thomas. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but before we move on, I want a real, you know, hard line. Jokes aside, what do you think? How many do I end up with? Eight. So over under, MT? 12. I take the over. Can I see him? Uh, under. Fair enough. We will see. So when I come back on Monday, because this thing is going to be on Saturday, I'll come back with details, pictures, hopefully video of the whole thing. But the most important real takeaway here is that MVP experience. Hopefully it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to tell you about it. We'll see how it goes. Boys, let's turn our attention to the golden questions. And uh, they're not predictable, but they're sure as shit timely because Wiseman's on his way back tonight. Here's our first quote. Wiseman is returning to the big leagues tonight, and I'm not sure where to set my expectations. Some outlets say that all he needs is time, while others say it's already a lost cause, but no one seems to say that he's going to do shit this year. Do you guys still believe? So I got some prediction questions that they provided. Before we do, I also have uh, some sound from Wiseman's shoot-around because he uh, did a little media availability today, talked about his time over in Santa Cruz, and it stuck out to me. Let's uh, let's play that clip here. That's it. You, you mentioned how, yeah, your perception did kind of change when you were, were down there. I guess kind of how, and yeah, I mean, does the fact that, because a lot of people do see, okay, going down to the G League, yeah, that's a demotion, but because you missed so much time, like, I mean, how needed do you think that that was for you? Uh, I don't think it's a demotion at all. I feel like it's an opportunity yeah. for me to get better, uh, one. Second is being in a small hotel room for like <laughs> for like two weeks and not doing nothing. Like, I'm, I'm just grateful to just be back up here to be in a big-ass hotel again. <laughs> Uh, to be in a great bed again that's soft. So, yeah. So what I liked about that is the perspective on it, right? I mean, so the front half is probably the thing that we would take away. You know, did he look at it as a demotion? No, he looked at it as an opportunity. But what underlined that he actually believed that was the humor afterwards. Him talking about being back in a good hotel. You know, someone who was still really nervous and in a bad place mentally might not use that as an opportunity to be lighthearted. So I liked it. So maybe he's in a good place, right boys? We'll, we'll find out tonight. Here are my prediction questions for you. Here's the first. Will Wiseman play more than 18 minutes at any point over the next 10 games? And for point of reference, he averages 13.8. What do you think MT? Will he play 18 or more minutes at any point in the next 10 games? Yes. I think he probably plays it tonight. If, depending on how many people actually sit um, just out of sheer need for bodies. Um, assuming he doesn't foul out, um, you know, I think he's still learning how to, how to defend without fouling. So um, save for him getting six fouls too quickly. Um, I think he probably eclipses a little over 20 minutes tonight. If he doesn't. So if the reasons why all these guys are sitting out tonight is anything more than just routine rest. If they actually are dealing with the sore body parts that are listed. And then during this stretch, Wiseman still doesn't get it over 18 minutes. 
that's a big problem. You know, if, if they literally don't have enough bodies and they still don't feel comfortable with them out there, then, you know, that's the kind of thing that indicates to me uh, it's a lost cause. So to be optimistic, I say, yeah, over, you know, he will, he will get 18 minutes at least um, hopefully starting tonight and then more than once going forward. Maxine, take this next question. Will Wiseman score more than 10 points at any point over the next 10 games? And to give you some perspective here, he averages 6.8 so far on the season. Woof. Let's hope he let's hope he has more than 10 in a game, especially if he's playing 18 minutes or more, right? I think what we're talking about it, we're talking about two things here. Obviously, we want him to be successful for Golden State, but we also want him to be successful if in fact we are looking into trading him. So if he goes for more than 18 minutes in a game and doesn't end up with 10 points, like we did not pick him to be a defensive center. He's not going to be Gobert out there. We're expecting him to be able to, you know, crash the boards a little bit, have some athleticism. Uh, we absolutely need him to have a 10-point game. So if for, if for no other reason than I just need to be optimistic on his behalf, yes, let's go. More than 10. MT? Yeah, I think he's going to get more than 10. Um, he, he established a good rhythm down there. You know, he he played fairly well in the seven, eight games he was down there. So, um I think he scores more than 10. The challenge is, is that Utah is a, a good team, um, better than expected at least. So um, he's not coming in and playing a terrible team that he can just mimic, you know, the G League against. It. This is going to be a, a remembering of what NBA teams can play like. The way you interpreted that question means you're more optimistic than I am. I'm not limited to Utah. I'm talking about the next 10 games. At any point over the next 10 games, will he score more than 10 points? It sounds like you're, yes, you're already there for tonight. I, I think he has to do it in some of these first games because I think he's going to come crashing back to um, the reality that he's not in the rotation. It's hard to crack the rotation here, um, you know, and especially with the way he plays and the plus minus when he's on the floor. It's just, it's it's going to be tough. So I think he needs to capitalize on a lot of the players sitting in this, having his first game back. Capitalize. I hope he took pictures of that small ass hotel room he was telling jokes about so he could just look at that and use that shit as motivation because that's what's coming next. You know, like the, the next time he finds his way down to the G League, the next big boy club he plays for, I don't think is going to be Golden State. So, you know, now is the time. Step up. Make sure that you take advantage of this. I'll be optimistic too and say, yeah, he will score 10 points or more. Leads us to rebounds. Will he have more than six rebounds at any point over the next 10 games? His average is 3.8. Don't even answer it, all right? Instead, I'm going to give you the big boy question we were uh, making our way up to. So these have all focused on this season, micro steps, you know, a small chance at success. Here's one that looks a lot further. Will James Wiseman play 20 minutes for the Warriors in a playoff game at any point in the next five years? Marcus. Give me a yes or no on that. What do you think? 20 minutes in a playoff game over the next five years. Which basically is asking, is he going to stay on this team? Yeah. You know, it's it's a longer way of trying to predict if he's going to be a Golden State Warrior over the next five years. No. Maxime? Uh, you know... You're hearing conversation right now. It sounds like Jakob Pertl is on the trade, yep. uh, the trade decks, and the rumor has it that if San Antonio is going to do a deal with Golden State, they're actually more interested in Moody than they are in Wiseman. Um, not super surprising at this point, 
But I think you could see a world where we get past the trade deadline and James Wiseman is on our team just because it turns out that the type of value that we could get back for him right now is not commensurate with what we think he's ultimately going to be worth. You hang sure. on to him for another season, maybe by the end of next season. I mean, look, people take time. Again, I go back to Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney took a lot of time to develop, and it was really only Steve Kerr's faith that had me keeping any kind of faith. But now he's, I mean, one of the most plug-and-play members of the Warriors team that aren't, you know, the All-Stars. So, you know, if, if Wiseman ends up on our team past the trade deadline, He's on our team through next year. We might actually see uh, a growth in him to the point that, yeah, he is ending up playing 20 minutes on our team. It might end up being a blessing in disguise, even though it sucks right now. I believe in Wiseman on the off chance he's listening. You know, this somehow finds his way into his life. I think his uh, future as an NBA player is still completely intact, very bright, and he's going to make some team happy. I also think that team is not going to be Golden State. Uh, the timelines just don't match up. I don't think it's going to go down. And the fact that we're looking at people like Jakob Pertl, which might be the least sexy name in the NBA. And I, I, I understand he's competent. I understand he's a veteran. He knows exactly how to contribute. And that's what the Warriors are looking for. Also, that's like the Prius of NBA centers. Like I'm, it's totally acceptable and no one's super excited to have him in any way, shape or form. So we'll see what happens. Do I think that he's going to give us 20 minutes at any point in a playoff game over the next five years? Boys, no, I don't. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Which leads to this question. All right, so we had Vontae set for today. We um, had to reschedule. Hopefully, we'll have him next week. And I'm going to ask him this question again next week. But I still want your take on it. So the Indiana game brought Halliburton back into our lives. He wasn't on the floor. We only got to see him you know, celebrating Nembhard, which, as you know, drove me fucking crazy. But we also know that Tyrese has been remarkably successful. He is now the go-to dude in Indiana, and his future seems super bright. Warriors could have drafted him. Right. Um, they didn't, they had the two pick. He was certainly on the board. So my question to you is if they had done that, take us back to 2020. If they had done that, what would your reaction have been? Because I, I, I do want to hear what Bonte is going to say, because he's got a morning radio show. And I believe that he would have shithoused that call. You know, the, the earliest that Halliburton was expected to go on any mock draft was six. Most of them had him at eight. Some people had him all the way at 10. So if they know it's easy now, 2020 hindsight, sure, we want him. But if that had happened back then, would you guys have lost your mind? Because I'll go first. I would have. I would have been very upset. You know, I would have wanted him at least trade down. The, this was a guy with very little pedigree. The Warriors needed a big man. You know, it, it wouldn't have made sense. So while I can say now, yeah, I'd prefer him, back then I would not have. It would have driven me crazy. How about you guys? I mean, is, is it a similar approach? Yeah, same. I think that's uh, hindsight bias speaking. Um, you know, in the moment, we were, I think we were even discussing trading um, back with Chicago to try to get, you know, some pieces from them. So we would have likely better explored that than um, reached for Halliburton at that spot. And, you know, that's also selecting uh, Halliburton over LaMelo, which, 
you know, you know, however you feel about him, he's he's a dynamic player. So it would have been a reach to even go over Lamelo and grab Halliburton right. in that two slot. So wouldn't even been our first guard. That makes sense. How about you, Maxine? Well, maybe I'm misremembering here, but our, uh, my recollection is that pundits and NBA draft analysts at the time were saying, "Hey, look, there's only one dude that's plug and play right now, and that's Tyrese Halliburton." Um, and I remember at the time saying, hey, you know, there are two roads that we could go down. There's the two timeline road and there's the, hey, let's win right now. Who can we put into this rotation that can actually help us win? I think it might be a little bit of Warriors fandom uh, trying to um, take coping medicine. But I think it, we would have quickly turned to, hey, at least this dude is ready to go right now. And that would have panned out to be the case. So those NBA draft analysts that were saying, you know what, this might have been a good idea. They might have been right, and they might have convinced us pretty quick, especially if Halliburton played on the Warriors like he played in the early days for the Kings and is now playing for the Pacers. So, yeah. I mean, the day after the draft, you still would have been okay with it? You would have been able to – I mean, so yes, of course. Once it started up and we started seeing who he was, we all would have been happy with the selection. But, you know, within the week of the draft, before anybody took the floor – would you have been no, accepting no, that? No, 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 no. I mean, you, you might remember I was on here saying, yeah, don't be don't be stupid. Don't try to overthink this. Just draft Wiseman. And and I and I still think that logic was sound. Unfortunately, it's not panning out. So clearly I'm wrong. Um, but it makes sense. It was a position of need. It's just not the timeline that we needed. But in that immediate aftermath, as I'm being hyperbolic and excited about a seven foot center, I mean, Wiseman still makes the most sense to me in that mindset. Yeah, uh, I can't see the comments. You guys know that I purposely don't. Can you tell me one way or the other? Has Thomas suggested that Marcus just take over hosting duties too, or no? It's just uh, <laughs> on the basketball floor that he prefers him. No, he just said he's definitely taking the under on your 12 points on MVP day. Shocking. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, that was actually a rhetorical question, and I hate that you gave me any additional information. <laughs> Let's go to our next golden question. Quote, I loved the found footage of Steph hitting five straight 90-footers as much as anyone, but – after his performance against Indiana, I have to ask, did Steph anger the basketball gods with that video? So Steph went 3-17 uh, after the found footage thing came out. What do you guys think? Was that the product of karma? You know, was it, was it the basketball gods looking down saying you should not have faked making those shots? Um, I think when you say, did he anger the basketball gods, you're asking if he angered himself. So, no. <laughs> you know what? His, I it would have been a lot easier saying this had they won, but his shitty game almost made me feel good. You know, if somebody like Steph, who is in the upper echelon of, you know, NBA stars, just generally speaking, and then is the unquestioned best superstar at the skill of shooting specifically to have an off shooting night, it makes me feel better about my fairly mundane, you know, experience, dude. Like if he can make mistakes at work and I can definitely make mistakes at work and not feel, you know, terrible about them. So in some ways it was like a pat on the back. Like, you know, we're all allowed to have off nights kind of thing. Are, are you, yeah, are you. Um, so I was going to say, Bram, before you said there was something in your daytime world and job of race to disclosure. I think you're racing to disclose your performance at this MVP. I don't think you understood the race to disclosure thing. I, yeah, I, you're not going to score 12 points. You're overdue for a terrible night. And I'm telling you, I'm going hot. If, if I was giving you race to disclosure, I would start telling you that I plan on getting hammered at that game. 
which is also true. And we'll see how well I actually do post getting hammered. But you may remember that I did not drop any of that. So no, there was no racial disclosure. And Thomas, that's a point against Marcus. This guy is not even uh, <laughs> is not even paying attention in any way. Uh, I got one more here. Uh, quote, can you guys run a glass half full set on Jamichael Green? I can't tell if he sucks or just needs time to adjust. Uh, so a like and don't like on our boy, J. Mike. Uh, what do you think? Maxime, why don't you start us off? Look, I said in the preseason, I was actually pretty excited about him. I also am totally biased because um, Zach Lowe said that everybody, every other team around the league is going to be pissed when they see how good of a fit Jermichael Green is on this team. So I really trust his analysis, and I think that says that at least he should get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Some guys take a little bit longer than others to find and play within uh, the warrior system. It's not an easy system to understand, but all, from all accounts, he's an intelligent basketball player that should be able to fit into our culture. So the fact that he hasn't yet is, you know, maybe worth a little bit of time. It's not like we're going to be able to get anything from him in a trade. Anyways, he might be some salary filler, whatever. Um, but I think it's worth a little bit of, uh, of patience there. Um, just because again, there's, there was excitement uh, when he was drafted or I'm sorry, when he was uh, uh, picked up, in the offseason and during preseason he showed flashes of understanding when the game was a little bit slower when he got to play with some of the you know the sets um in abstraction so there is the potential for him to put it all together so jury's still out for me um he obviously has looked like dog shit so far i'm not trying to say that you know uh it's been a great thing but i think it could become something yeah i mean time to adjust of course i was listening to a podcast recently i think it was the ringers and they were talking about the wolves and they were going through that this isn't what they expected when they mortgaged their entire future for go bear and the beat writer for minnesota explained well look look to the heat you know look to the heatles specifically that first year they were sub 500 through 20 games and i kind of remember that i remember everybody freaking the hell out and what the minnesota beat writer described was well if somebody of that caliber and that talent needed some time to adjust then give us some time you know yeah anthony edwards doesn't understand this quite yet Apply that here. You know, there, there, there's at least reason to give them some time while working in an entirely new piece. So it's a little too early to judge. If uh, I was going to judge, I'll give you something like and don't. I'll start with something I do like. I like the nasty streak he adds. We haven't seen him getting into any scuffles yet, but you get the feeling that if we did need an enforcer, Jermichael Green could fill that role. That's an upside. We're not... We, we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of skill. We don't have a lot of fuck you. And I think that Jermichael Green gives us a little bit of that. So that's the thing I like. The thing I don't, I don't like that he swings his legs up after every single dunk. It feels like it's a high school game. Like he's like he's trying to show the world like, oh, here we go. We're, we're down to 18 some games and he's doing that. We don't need to do all that. Not all the time. Pick your moments before you're going all the way in on, you know, putting two on the 10 on a, I don't know, on a C minus dunk. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's my J Mike take. Yeah. Something I like and don't like, like, I like that he's still engaged, even though um, he's not playing well. I think that's important. And, you know, he has the background, the personal relationship with Draymond Green growing up. So um, I, I think he'll get there and he'll, he'll figure it out. And, um, you know, he'll round out into the player we were all hoping he would be. Um, something I don't like is uh, along the lines, like Noah said, he, he, he feels like him playing with Wiseman messed up kind of his rhythm. Um, I'll add to that. I think the rotations themselves 
um, not just Wiseman, but just Steve Kerr trying to figure out what the right rotation is, um, you know, for the stars and putting Draymond in and out of the second unit, et cetera. Clay working back into playing back to backs and, you know, getting his legs under him. I think that impacted players like uh, DiVincenzo and Green the most because they need to have a set time and role where they can come in. They know these are their minutes where they have to defend and take over and run the offense and and do the things they need to do as their role players. And it's it's hard to do that when there's no consistency to what you're being asked to do and who to do it with. So um, I don't like that he hasn't had a fair shot to show what he can do, but I think he'll get there. Yeah, I think so too. While you were saying that, I got an email from the Warriors saying that the uh, MVP experience also comes with a million dollar salary. It's I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't announce that early on, but I will also be walking away with that money and I plan on not sharing a dollar of it with you boys. Uh, take us out on a prediction. Warriors are going in shorthanded at Utah tonight. What do you think happens? Who's Utah sitting? Anybody? They're on a long road trip too, right? Yeah, a- I, that suggests that I did some kind of research before I asked you this question. I did not. I know nothing <laughs> about that team, so I have no – I think John Stockton's out. John Stockton's out, okay. <laughs> But Malone is playing. Malone is playing. Okay. Questionable. We'll see. Either. We'll see if, he, if he's. It looks like Mike Conley is questionable for today's game against there the Warriors. That's it. <laughs> nice take, Mona Lisa. I think I think the Warriors lose by ten. Oh, that's an ugly take. I say the Warriors win. I don't know. We were given specific amounts. I say they win by four. Yeah, I say they win as well. This is the classic type of game where, you know, usually it's us coming in on what we think is an undermanned team or a team that's, you know, not supposed to be very good and it's a classic drop the game. But this is a classic jazz drop the game because, you know, we're sitting some of our guys and they come out a little flat and we stomp on them. Yeah, let's see. Also, the Jazz are trying to lose despite that early success during the season. Huge fun. Brand, guys, hold on. We got we got can we check in on this really quick cuz we're getting a lot of Mona Lisa takes. Um <laughs> I just uh, before we before we go, can we can we just check in if I can share my screen for a second here. Are we are we on board? Is this does this make sense to you? This. All right, so which would you prefer, Maxime? I mean, if we're going with a nickname from here on out, would you prefer Mona Lisa or Nick Wright? Because I, they both feel pretty uh, applicable, but I, I think it should be up to you. Which which do you think you look more like? The I like that. Uh, honorable mention too. Somebody called him One G, Maxine. Yeah, One G. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm. I've been waiting for the opportunity to let you all know I am in fact the love child of Nick Wright and uh, the Mona Lisa. <laughs> the Mona um, Lisa. <laughs> a shocking reveal. I'm really glad that we got there now. I mean, I definitely did not see that coming in anyway. There we go. Mona Wright from Thomas. All right, Thomas, you're back in my good graces. <laughs> for Marcus. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what to say. Um, despite some video challenges today and, you know, a, a couple of speed blocks uh, as we went forward, I think that we brought this show home. Big per usual you want to reach out to us a nickname for uh, mona lisa maxime tell us that mt's basketball skills are very clearly better than mine just because of the podcasting we've been doing anything you can shoot that take to huddle at warriorshuddle.com oh look at that fancy little banner on the bottom we can also be viewed on our only presence on social media that's twitter at warriors huddle with that in mind go warriors hopefully i'll see you real soon
Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.